Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. No matter where the heck in the world you are, it's be the Gorilla Economist coming to you live on this edition of Hanging with Harley. Harley Schlanger is a man that needs no introduction. You can find him over at the LaRoucheOrganization.com, the LaRoucheOrganization.com, as well as the SchillerInstitute.com, SchillerInstitute.com. Harley is the Jiminy Cricket of the geostrategic, geoeconomic, geopolitical. He is the voice of reason in a world of chaos. And with that being said, Harley, how are you, sir? Well, I have to admit, I was having a good laugh this morning when I took a look at The Guardian from London, and they're once again running a story about how Putin got Trump elected in 2016. These people are deranged. Well, the guy who wrote the, was the it name, Louis Louis Mensch was was Louis Mensch the uh, the source of that information? <laughs> well, probably a part of her anatomy was, but. <laughs> You know, the, actually, the, the person who was the lead author of it was Luke Harding, the okay. guy who was a was still saying that Christopher Steele was right in the PP dossier. And so Harding and two other people wrote an article in which they, here's the claim. They say it's an exclusive story. Someone in the Kremlin has leaked top secret documents which suggest that Putin personally signed a decree to get Trump elected. And he told his intelligence chiefs that would produce social turmoil in the U.S. The article goes on to say that Western intelligence agencies carefully examined the documents and they, quote, appear to be genuine, unquote. And so they say this is more yeah. evidence of Putin's role in, pl in uh, placing the mentally unstable Trump in the White House. Now, the, the guy, here's the funny thing. The guy they get to vouch for the story is the former British ambassador, Sir Andrew Wood, who is the person who delivered the original Steele dossier to someone who is or was mentally unstable, John McCain. Yep. And Andrew Wood said, these documents are spellbinding. Spellbinding. Uh -huh. Now, interestingly, the Kremlin spokesman, Dmitry Peskov, he's the spokesman for uh, Putin, he said, this is more Pulp Fiction. And a spokeswoman for uh, former President Trump, Liz Harrington, said, this is disgusting fake news, just like Russia, Russia, Russia. That was fake news. This is fiction. So why is it? Why do you think The Guardian is coming out again with another story attacking Putin and Trump? Well, they, they don't want, uh, number one, they don't want uh, Trump to run again. Uh, number two, they've been on a, a, a rampage trying to um, um, 
derail any sort of the energy deals that are occurring between the Russians and the European Union. And I would say number three, they're doing everything they can to make sure that whatever progress was made at the Geneva talks between yep. Biden and Putin, that nothing comes of it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So this is, again, it's a classic geopolitical ploy. And you know, you, know you, you, in fact, you, you, I think you even said this about like several weeks ago that this would happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then they have the other story. Klaus Schwab is running around saying they're going to do a uh, cyber uh, warfare, a cyber uh, uh, hacking uh, test run, you know, war game. And, you know, whenever they do something like that, that means they've got something planned. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you, you could expect that there's going to be some sort of massive hack somewhere. Klaus Schwab. Yeah. Yeah, and, and what's the whole point of that? To prove to the West that we're vulnerable? You know, it, it's really the case that if anyone is serious at all about economics, you look at what's been done to the supply chains, what's been done to shut down production in, in the United States, and now the attack on agriculture. The, uh, on, on the one side, you have the corporate cartels controlling almost everything, on the other side, they're going to American cattle ranchers and they're saying, you can make more money letting your land lie, lie fallow from carbon credits than you can from producing beef. So why don't you give up the cattle business and just take our money? So we're going to end up in a situation where we're totally dependent on inferior quality food from other parts of the world, where we have no domestic production. Yep. And then the supply chains will be shut down. And how long do you think it will take before people start showing up at, at grocery stores with shotguns? You know, we're, we're, we're moving from a stage of wealth extraction. And the final stages of wealth extraction, Harley, when the kleptocrats realize that there's only X amount of meat left on the carcass, is to move from the wealth extraction stage where they've sucked all the liquidity out of us, you know, the, you know, financially speaking, but like the blood out of the Congress. Now they're going to carve us up. We're moving to siege warfare. It's siege warfare. Folks, let me tell you, the most beneficial thing you can consume is animal products. If they start killing off, uh, you know, shutting down uh, beef farms and making us dependent on, on, on soylent green from a laboratory, these pink meats that are made up in laboratories that Bill Gates is a big fan of. Folks, we're heading for some serious problems. You know, I, I'm not sure Bill Gates actually eats that stuff. No, he doesn't. But... He eats the real stuff. <laughs> he probably says, oh, I'm a carnivore, even though he's built like a, a, a woman. That's what he looks like. Well, and, and we know that the whole line that the Russians are engaging in cyber warfare, you know, when, when Biden brought that up with Putin, Putin said, look, we're perfectly happy to look at the evidence you give us about these so-called Russian cyber gangs, but you haven't given us any information to look at. And Biden said, OK, well, we'll get that to you. Now, the Russians still have received nothing. Uh, I think today is the first day that Russian and U.S. Uh, officials are going to sit down to start talking about cybersecurity. This was something that was worked out in the phone conversation uh, Biden had with Putin last Friday. Actually, V, this is interesting. According to the readouts from both the Russians and uh, the Biden administration, this was a three and a half to four hour conversation. 
And what they said they talked about was cybersecurity in Syria. Now, cybersecurity, that part of it was probably five minutes. Biden saying, don't do it, and Putin saying, we're not doing it. Now, the Syria thing becomes very interesting because the U.S. had been blocking the Russian proposal to open other humanitarian aid corridors into Syria, other ones other than that of Turkey, controlled by Turkey. Hmm. And the U.S. had been blocking it. And after the Putin-Biden discussion, the U.S. suddenly joined the unanimous vote of the Security Council to open up these other corridors. So what's going on now with the Syria situation? Is Biden going to pull back from the Caesar sanctions? I don't think so. Uh, and, you know, I, I think if you think about a three and a half to four hour discussion with Joe Biden, uh, how long do you think his attention span is? And who is actually listening for him? But the point is, the Russians are moving on a, a very broad front to counter the British intelligence warfare, the operational warfare. And on our side, unfortunately, you get people like Lloyd Austin, the Secretary of Defense from Raytheon, which, by the way, do you see this? Raytheon is the second largest defense procurement contractor in the country. Yep. 46 billion, I think it was last year. Uh, so what happened when, when uh, the British defense minister Wallace came to meet with Austin? They basically said the special relationship lives. And uh, Wallace said, sticking together is what we do. Now, maybe that's in the new army, given the advertising we're seeing. They stick together. Yes, but, they do, Harley. They totally stick together. Yeah, I think that's the case. Yes. But, you know, the, the idea that the, the British are somehow going to give us a decisive edge in the South China Sea when the Queen Elizabeth II, the second carrier group, has to borrow F-35 jets from the U.S. Marine Corps, I'm not sure that exactly puts the fear of God into the Chinese. <sighs> Jesus, I the whole South China Sea, it's a shooting gallery. Anybody who's stupid enough to go to war and bring aircraft carriers, whether it's the U.S. aircraft carriers or the British non-nuclear-powered uh, Queen Elizabeth II, it, 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 it's a gross miscalculation. Those ships will be sent to the bottom in a matter of minutes. It's so stupid. It, yeah. It's a joke. The West is out of ideas, Harley. Well, for what? What's the benefit of us being there? What's the benefit of us protecting the Philippines from these fake islands that the Chinese are supposedly building? Now, the other thing, V, I was looking at is uh, this fake debate between uh, Larry Fink of BlackRock and Jerome Powell of the Federal Reserve over whether there's inflation, whether it's long-term, whether it's transitory. Uh, yeah, this, this is one of the funniest debates I've ever seen. Because you know, Fink is saying, well, we think it's going to last a little bit longer. And meanwhile, what's he doing? He's managing uh, the assets of BlackRock have grown since 2019 from $7.4 trillion to close to $9 trillion because he basically has had the Federal Reserve printing presses pouring money into his clients who then come to him and, and give him the money to deploy. But yeah, I, I was just doing a little bit of research on Fink. I didn't realize this, but he was one of the originators, original traders 
who was advocating in early 2002 and 2003 the move into mortgage-backed securities. You may know more about that than I do. Oh, absolutely. And uh, it's they had the uh, the financial collapse in, in 2008. And what happened? The Fed went, went on an MBS mortgage-backed securities buying spree, which they right. still continue to this day. Up and to then, the day, yeah, yeah, they're still doing it. And then today, who's managing that that portfolio for the Fed? BlackRock. And, it, it's just know, disgusting. Well, I, I also was reviewing the big splash they made at Jackson Hole back in uh, August 2019. The team that he put together, Fink put together, included Philip Hildebrand, the former president of the Swiss National Bank, Stanley Fisher, who was a former governor of the U.S. Federal Reserve, and then the yeah, the, he was the real Fed head. He was the, the real governor, head. Of well, then he became the governor of the Bank of Israel. Mm -hmm. uh, Jean Bovin. Uh, another the, dual citizen. Yeah, Dep and Jean de Bovin, the deputy governor of the Bank of Canada, and Mark Carney, the former director of the Bank of England. So you had the four most important central banks in the world who were working for BlackRock. And so is it surprising that BlackRock is trying to give more power to central banks? And the way they're doing this, they, they propose something called a standing emergency fiscal facility. Now, in the old days, this used to be called the plunge protection team, but that was you know, just a, a, a minor liquidity flow compared to what they're talking about now. The standing emergency fiscal facility is going to be run by the central banks. They're going to determine how much money is needed, not just the economists for the Federal Reserve, so-called, but this grouping of uh, central bankers. And then they're going to have independent experts or technocrats who will decide where the funds go. So I think we've talked about this before, but if this great reset goes into existence, why have a Congress? The Congress will have absolutely no power whatsoever. It will all be in the hands of these technocrats working for the central banks. It's their, it's their dream come true. That's why, that's why people need to wake up. They need to understand the game is bigger there. People are so myopic. They're so binary in their viewpoints and in their thinking. And um, my God, Harley, it's like there's so much work to be done. It's an insurmountable task. And I don't think I, I don't think 99% of the American public realize how, how devastatingly in a precarious situation the nation is and, and what is actually required to change it. Well, here, here's someone who actually does understand it but pulled his punches. Jacques de la Rosière, is that name familiar? Mm -hmm. Former International Monetary Fund chairman, okay. uh, top French banker. He came out and he said, what are we doing with this constant uh, quantitative easing? We're destroying the economies of every nation. And then they said, well, what do you think we should do? And he said, well, I don't think there's an alternative. <laughs> Jesus, unreal. <laughs> so... As you know, we have an alternative, and I think this is something that uh, the rogue news people should really dig into and, and think about, which is it's not new because this is something LaRouche proposed back in 2008. Put back Glass-Steagall bank regulation. Break up the universal banks. Make the banks decide whether they're going to be commercial banks uh, operating under government regulation, or are they going to be investment banks with no regulation. 
but also no bailouts or bail-ins. And I think that's where you can begin to see the, the, the potential to change things, take the power the, to make the money away from these uh, swindlers. And what was very interesting to me in, in the first discussions I had back in 2016, 2015, 2016 with Roger Stone is that he said, well, Trump is for Glass-Steagall. And I said, really? And he said, yeah, wait and see. And at the Republican convention in, I think, late July or August 2016, Paul Manafort overrode the Republican senators on the platform committee to include Glass-Steagall banking regulation in the Republican platform in 2016. Trump didn't say much about it until October, but he gave a series of addresses including an important one in Charlotte, North Carolina. Charlotte is the head center of the Bank of America now, uh, in which he talked about how Glass-Steagall is necessary so that the, the main street, the small producers, the entrepreneurs have access to credit. And there's not a total flow of credit into the hands of the swindlers of the too big to fail banks. And I think Besides his intention to, his stated intention to work with Putin, this was the, what drove the establishment crazy. The idea that their free-flowing liquidity from the Fed might get cut off and that the investment bankers might have to eat their own losses instead of passing them on to the taxpayers. I think that in itself was enough to... Uh, put his administration in danger and get the regime change machine in operation. Interesting. Yeah, unbelievable. Unbelievable. And, and, and the, the lack of financial education amongst our elected officials is so glaring because they're all a bunch of lawyers and they're looking to enrich themselves. And that's, that's the other issue that we're trying to deal with as a country, Harley. You know, I, 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 I think at this point, unless, you know, barring some sort of a miraculous event, I think the prognosis, the, the diagnosis, the prognosis, and the terminal condition of the patient is, is very clear to me. Uh, I, I don't think we escape this trajectory. I, I don't know how this thing is going to end, Harley. I think it's either we become balkanized, which is the best possible scenario that, that happens, and we have the American Federation versus the USSA. Or um, we swirl the toilet bowl of Build Back Better and go down and uh, to go into a total collapse. And the, on, the, on, the, on the outside of that collapse will be total tyranny. So it, well, and a, a, a feudal system that can't support the 350 million people we have. Correct. You know, I did a, uh, my daily update on the 15th on the topic, what does a systemic breakdown look like? And... What I did is I reviewed not just what's happening in the United States, which is pretty ominous, what, what you were just saying, but look at the world right now. South Africa is exploding into chaos. You know, you've got the situation in Myanmar. You've got the situation in uh, all over French West Africa, where Islamic terrorist groups are, are growing. And the French are beginning to say, well, maybe we shouldn't be involved in this anymore, which probably would be a good thing to get the French out of there. I mean... De Gaulle certainly decided years ago that the French shouldn't stay in Algeria, but the French are still all over West Africa. Uh, look at the situation in Haiti, 
Look at the situation in Colombia, Venezuela. Uh, many parts of the world are going through a complete breakdown collapse. And the positive part of that is that people don't trust the political parties. They, they don't like the political, the, the, the governments. The problem is, as you say, is they don't know what should be done. And the, the lack of, of real knowledge about how an economy functions is a, an extreme problem. And you see it when the Congress is debating the deficit, for example, you know, where they basically treat every form of debt as the same. And you know, don't distinguish, for example, between debt that goes into paying off old debt versus the creation of credit, which means debt, but for new technologies, which possess the means of ultimately generating an increase in the value added to the economy so you can pay it off. They don't understand that. So the idea of a physical economy is lost to them, and instead they're caught up in numbers, as though money in itself means something. And that's what it is. It's like they're playing the uh, the alchemist here, but with zero understanding. They, It's like the alchemist who who turns the stone into gold, but rather than going for the gold and grabbing the gold, he's literally grabbing more stones. It's 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 complete inverse. They're <laughs> they're thinking that they want to create more money for the sake of money, but if your money has nothing to buy, if your money has nothing to in order to purchase or transact with. You're not creating money velocity. And if money velocity is gone and tepid, then you have a serious problem in your hands. You have a collapsed economy. You have hyperinflation through the roof. And you have a completely gutted uh, 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 physical uh, production. And economy. that's all gone. These, these people are morons, Harley. Well, I think the other thing they do, V, is they, they waterboard the alchemist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thinking they'll get the secrets by drowning them. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, if, if he drowns, then uh, he'll tell us. And if he doesn't drown, then he'll tell us. Yeah. And if we can't get it, then no one will get it. Exactly. And meanwhile, in the land of adults, in the land of adults, Harley, I don't know if you've heard this news, but uh, Russia has begun uh, work on uh, their new uh, rocket systems. Uh, uh, they want to go forth and build uh, nuclear power plants on, on the moon and Mars. And uh, they're developing uh, their next generation space station, uh, along with uh, the Chinese as well, which the, that should be completed in the next five to six years, five to ten years. Meanwhile, the U.S. has zero. We've been we're, we're discovering more and more genders as of late. I don't know if you've heard about this news, Harley. Well, that's important research. It is. It's incredibly that's, important. That's getting down to the, to the real fundamentals, because if your society is fantasy ridden to the extent that it is, the more genders you can find, the more excited people will be. You know, I was watching something that was pretty interesting, Harley, and I was watching this YouTube video where this guy was complaining about there's nothing original or new that is coming out in Hollywood. And I was thinking to myself, everything is a reboot, right? All the movies from the 70s and the 80s and the 90s, they're all getting rebooted into newer versions today. Or they're running on several, several thousands of different sequels, you know, part one, part 12, part 20. Hollywood, it's like the West is completely out of ideas. There, I mean, the, the creativity has fallen off a cliff. The ingenuity has fallen off the cliff. The innovation has fallen off the cliff. I mean, we are literally a dying society. You know, there was a one, once a wise man that says, you can tell where a society is by the music they listen to. 
And I cannot listen to modern music without having my ears bleed. <laughs> well, I will say there's there's one film coming out that I'd be interested in seeing, which is the new documentary of Oliver Stone on JFK Revisited. Ooh. I saw an interview with him, which was really quite interesting because he, he's going through the new material coming out from the archives. And you know, this is where, again, President Trump should have declassified every last document from the Kennedy assassination and the Warren Commission, because what he they're finding did. Harley, you, 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 he declassified everything except everything was redacted except for he, the, at, what, but, this, <laughs> that, it, or. And the uh, those are the only words that, were, that you could read. The redactors were Comey, Brennan, and Gina Haspel. <laughs> yeah, which he kept on. Along with Mark Miley, Mark, uh, I'm white, and I want to understand the inner reasons of my white rage. <laughs> this, oh God! Well, look, it's a, it's it's one of these things where the uh, I I believe it was some European thinker who once said, "You repeat history first as tragedy and then as farce." And the situation is tragic right now, and it's heading toward farce. But, you know, the, the key thing is, can more people be awakened? And not just awakened to know something's bad, but actually start their brain working, becoming creative. And there's a, a hunger, as you point out, with the mediocrity and the actually the rottenness of our culture, there's a hunger for something of quality. And that's something that we have to nourish and we have to do everything we can to inspire in young people a search for great ideas as opposed to reliving the bad ideas like a perpetual Groundhog Day representing modern history. Exactly correct. Exactly correct. Harley Schlanger. Very well said, sir. Very well said words. Again, folks, you can find Harley over at the LaRoucheOrganization.com. The LaRouche organization.com as well as the Schiller Institute.com. And uh, the links will be in the description box. Again, like, subscribe, comment, and share. Even with all the suppression that has been happening here, it really helps if you click that thumbs up like button. So programs like this are able to fight the algos, and more and more people will be able to stumble upon it. Very important, very key. And with that being said, thank you all for listening in. Enjoy your weekends. Take it away, CJ.